Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. And today we are jumping into the awesome topic of seven responsibilities of every church member, which is incredibly timely considering the way that the scene, the church scene, so to speak, in the last year or so has seemed to take a dramatic shift. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that, dive into some of those things. Uh, We're also going to kind of take a little side trip and talk about Robert's uh, facial hair, or lack thereof, (laughs) and his future plans to get beard plugs. So it's, it's a costly thing, but he views it as a wise investment. And I say go for it. What's going on, Bobby? All right, another leg isn't oh. that bad. Bobby you're always, Kane. You're a little hesitant to acknowledge my two what ups. I just want them to. I want it to like sit, like just sit there for a second on the listeners' ears. Yeah, and well, before I jump that. in and it's like blow, like blow through it, like it's nothing. It's just like yeah. what up, what up? Yeah, because yeah, listeners you know, tune into the, an audio program to hear silence. They really appreciate that. No, listen, s- silence is actually an experience, okay? It's not nothing. That's right. So don't discount it. <laughs> <laughs> At least according to 21 Pilots. Is that... It's a car. It's their something old said? song, Car Radio. Now he just sits in silence. It's okay. Oh, I think I've heard that. It's I've a young person's thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so mm. Candace uh, has been talking with a couple of the gals and the... And Harbor Network, yeah, and um, she's just getting to know him stuff, and they, <laughs> they're talking about their age, or whatever, and she's like, oh, she's talking about Candace because Candace is twenty six, she'll be twenty seven mm-hmm. in May, and she's like, oh, you're just you're just a young pup. How old's your husband? She's like, oh, he's thirty. He's like, oh, he's thirty, so he's whatever. He's in his thirties, <laughs> but you twenty year olds, you're young pups. <laughs> It's like, what? Like a few months out of my 20s, and it's like, ah, he's over the hill. All of a sudden, you've arrived. You've got a whole lifetime of wisdom. (laughs) I don't know about that. It's just I'm not young. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the the distinguishing thing. Yeah, apparently. No longer a young man. Rob, how are you feeling as a young man in your early Um, 20s? Stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that that in your early 20s from your... Lack of facial hair and baby yeah, face. Yeah. Is that is that what? <laughs> yeah, I see your beard over there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about <clears throat> us. We've got to be the only reformed podcast where neither of the hosts can grow a beard. But uh, in, have you yeah. have you thought about steroids as an option to grow a beard? At least once a week. <laughs> no, seriously though. No, no. I have I have not. <laughs> you thought of anabolic steroids so that you can grow a beard? I'm not thinking of steroids for beard purposes. I'm thinking of steroids you know for <laughs> athletic purposes, for physique purposes. If the beard happens, then that's just icing on the cake. What What about beer plugs? Like when they take your hair out of your scalp? And... <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> this is a thing, I promise. I'm glad, I'm glad I took a drink of coffee right when you said that. They plug it into your face. Gives you a beard. Dude, my, my throat recently has been scratchy, so... If I raise my voice to a certain point, 
<laughs> I like immediately start coughing, which is not good. It's not ideal in these Sorry days. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> I saw a meme that said, I used to cough to hide a fart. Now I fart to hide a cough. <laughs> oh, that's, like that's, that's accurate. Okay. So um, I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. I mm-hmm. have recently been very exhausted and very tired and a little discouraged. Um, but had a great meeting with um, a friend of mine today and it, it was helpful. Um, I was just exhausted working full time and doing stuff with the church and yeah. um, starting to feel it. And been reading books and even they mention it and they're like, yep, yeah, ministry is grueling, man. If you can do anything yeah. else, do something else because you will be beaten up and you will be tired and you'll just have to keep plowing. Do you do you buy that line? If you could do anything else, do it. I think that's an A.W. Tozer line or someone. I do and I don't. I right. So I think I've heard it from a couple people. So like I'm literally doing something else right now. Like I'm making a living <laughs> doing something else. Yeah. Um, I think I've heard like As a variation m- on it. Most pastors. Yeah, I, I, I've heard a variation on it where it's like if you can be satisfied doing anything else, then do that other thing. And I like that wording more. Because I, I could continue mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah. But there would always be a sense of, always be like that sense of, man, I really wish I would have pursued ministry. Really wish I would have pursued pastoral ministry. Felt led to do mm-hmm. that. I would be disappointed in myself if I yeah. if I never entered into pastoral ministry. So here I am. Yeah, that's fair. There you go. There you yeah. are. Do you buy that line? And exhausted. Is that why you ask it? I, I, I do not actually. Um <laughs> For a couple of reasons. One, I feel like um, the call to vocational ministry isn't always a lifetime thing, and so like it feels like it's like, well, if you can do anything else, do it. But for the for the few, like this is their calling. You don't know what the Lord's going to do in your life. Yeah, like, exactly. you don't know, you know, what He's going to do. So, so it's kind of a. I think it's kind of a prideful thing to be like, I would do anything else, but only this is going to satisfy <laughs> yeah. me. And then, and then like the idea that. God can only like use you and make you happy and content in him if you have this means of earning your paycheck yep. is also um but I get the sentiment of it like it is and this is a hard thing um it's one of those things where like pastors can be I, I think they can like wear it as like a a boastful thing like oh I'm I'm a pastor you know but at the same time like if you've never been a pastor it's one of those things like it's really hard to understand the weight and the pressure and it's even hard to articulate it at some times because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I know people who work extremely hard, work very, very hard, tired, you know, very um, strenuous jobs, high stress, all those things. And I can't imagine being in their position. Um, but I think some people just assume what it's like to be a pastor and the, the weight and the burden that comes with it without really knowing. And that can be an unhelpful thing as well Yeah, in the church. So it's helpful when people who are committed to the church – know how they can bless the church, know some of the responsibilities of the church and ways that they can encourage the church. Yeah. So in light of that, I've stumbled across a great article. And so here's the thing. Okay, we're, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about That's your seven you're beat job up. responsibilities as a church member. What were you saying? That's probably why you're beat up. Yeah, there you go. Stumble, you stumble over it. That's it. You like um, that? So yeah. I do like that. Well done. That's a really good radio. So Jonathan Lehman uh, wrote this this book and highly recommend the, the book series. The whole series is called Church Basics. And mm-hmm. Jonathan Lehman is the editor. 
um, of this series, but he didn't write all the books in the series. It was him, Bobby Jameson, and Mark Dever. So hear those names, immediately think Nine Marks, and that's exactly who published it. So these guys um, came out with this one of the one of their many book series, but this book series is Church Basics, and this particular book is understanding the congregation's authority, and he ends it with these seven job responsibilities. And I, it's arguably my favorite part of the book. And I was looking for it the other day, um, just on the interwebs. And I have the book, I could have just flipped to the back, but I, I don't think the book was handy. So I was looking for these job responsibilities of church members, because we're just um, thinking through membership. And we have membership, but we had some people who um, express interest in becoming members. So we, I was getting the membership form together and I wanted to hand them something something in addition like hey here's just some things to expect in addition to our, our church covenant statement of faith and this form and so I was like where can I find those things where I can just make a document out of it and sure enough there's this article where he's taken the excerpt from that and put it on the gospel coalition and we're just going to walk through it these seven job responsibilities of a church member because man they're good they are mm-hmm. um, well articulated. It comes from a place of thinking about these things and experiencing it. Jonathan Lehman, I believe when he wrote this, was a member at um, Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. And from all outward appearances, very healthy church. And their members are actively engaged in discipleship. There's a culture of discipleship. Membership is very meaningful. And so this is just very helpful for those of us who are church members and those of us who are um, leading people, prospective members into membership. So Rick, Robert, you have not read this book. Um, I haven't, which I, I regret, regretfully admit I have not read the book. It looks good. I it wish good. someone I knew would lend it to me and I would read it. Well, if anybody out there has it, you should consider lending <laughs> it to Rick. Yeah. Let me let me know if there's anyone who can hear my voice <laughs> this this way. Um, let me know. <laughs> I got you. no. I have not read the book, um, but you did. You did send me the the link, the article, and um, yeah. I mean, it's seven um, kind of simple. Yeah, I think you like responsibilities. They they use the term like job responsibilities, but it's like it's relational responsibilities. Like yeah. you have relationships relational responsibilities with your with your spouse um you're in a committed re- agreed upon relationship with your with your wife and there's responsibilities there hopefully you have um those aren't just implicit those are explicit in some ways yep and these are some explicit responsibilities and the first one um which might sound like a no-brainer or it might sound like just kind of lame is attend church regularly like attend the gathering uh regularly right so we are to assemble together and people you probably heard this verse many times out of hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 um let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing so we are to gather together we see this with the early church gathering regularly um each other's homes through the week and then they gathering on the lord's day on sunday so the first basic one is you have to be together and so all the other principles are kind of built out from this one yeah um because you have to be together and that's why we know there's um it's difficult with covid and all these things but we would say like 
be cautious, be careful. Some churches cannot gather right now, and we understand that for a limited time. But ideally, the the call is to gather, and so that's the goal. The goal is to stay virtual. The goal is to hopefully one day gather again safely. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and in some ways, I don't mean this as a dish or as a like against COVID or anything, but like, and we will have to gather. Were you, were you about to say dis? Yeah, dis. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to dish. I mean to dish <laughs> out. Reminds me of Rocket Power. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Know. No. Um, <laughs> Rocket Power? Yeah, great, great cartoon. Yeah, I'm sorry. Child of the nineties. Keep going. Look, look that up. Um, I don't mean to diss on COVID, but I'm just saying, like the early church and throughout church history, the church Christians know what it means to gather um, unsafely with yeah. threats yeah. and with their lives at stake, and so they do that willingly and, and wisely. But it doesn't mean we can just like, hey, let's all pack a room and you know be unsafe about it. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. attend church tend to gathering regularly and i would venture to say regularly means more than once a month yeah i would um, i would say so um, i would say weekly ideally I, <laughs> ideally um so yeah there's <clears throat> there I, I heard an illustration where they said if if you said yeah i'm a i'm a baseball player i i, I grew mm-hmm. up playing baseball um, i'm a baseball player and someone's like oh yeah me too like i love playing baseball um, why don't we, why don't we go, there's a pickup game later, let's go to the local field and we can play. And you get there and the guy who says he's a baseball player is like, oh, no, 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 sorry. I actually, I don't play on, on baseball fields. I, I play on the basketball court over there. Be like, mm. wait a second. What do you mean? You're a baseball player. What do you mean you don't play baseball on a baseball field? No, no, no. I, I just play on the basketball court. That's how I like to play it. That's how I do my, my baseball. It wouldn't make any sense. And in the same way, a Christian gathers with God's people in a mm-hmm. physical, temporal, as we talked about last week, location with mm-hmm. other believers. That's, I mean, that, that's baseline. If you're calling yourself yes. a member of the body of Christ, then you're called to gather with the rest of the body. So, yes, yes. to your point, very much it's so. That, sets, sets the tone for the rest of them. Number two is help preserve the gospel. And his opening sentence says that you as a baptized Christian and ordinary member of a church are responsible for protecting and preserving the gospel and the gospel's ministry in your church. Think of Galatians 1, where Paul says, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning to a different gospel. And He's, he's not chastising the pastors in, in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. He's, he's upset with the members, and he tells them to reject apostles and, and angels, anybody who brings a false gospel. And so mm-hmm. he, sa- he says, hey, look, members, you are meant to preserve the gospel, even if someone claims to be an apostle and comes before you with something that's not consistent with what you know the gospel to be, then you're to reject that. Even if an angel shows up and Mormons proclaims something that is <laughs> not consistent with the true gospel that we find in the scripture, then you are to reject that and you are to cling mm. to the scriptures. And so as members of the local church, we have a responsibility for preserving <laughs> the gospel 
and the gospel ministry of our local congregation. That's not just up to the elders, not just up to deacons or ministry leaders. It is it is first and foremost the responsibility of the body, the members of the church. Yeah, I think it's it we um when we shift from a view of church done as like um come and see right come and just consume when that we shift from that to what i would say is biblical is you are the part of the church like you, you there's, not, there's nothing for you to necessarily come and see i mean there is but the sense you're what is there to come see in a sense like you are the church gathered together so it's your responsibility to um help preserve like that gospel presence we'd say right theology right thinking right right living um yeah. so it's and not just the elders they need they need to be vigilant about that but it's also like you as a committed church member um you're responsible for that as well like you're yeah. committing to that as well and so it's part and, of your job part of your responsibility yeah and lehman lehman even gives like a series of questions that are are helpful in doing this mm-hmm. so he says what this means christian is that you're responsible to, to study the gospel and know it can you can you summarize the gospel in 60 seconds or less can you explain the relationship between faith and works can a christian live in unrepentant sin why or why not why is it important for a christian to affirm the doctrine of the trinity what role do good deeds fellowship and hospitality play in promoting a church's gospel ministry why should a church never let its identity and ministry be subverted by a political party. There's a good word for mm-hmm. the current cultural moment. So, Very much so. Um, good, good set of questions. If you need to rewind and, and listen to those again, um, good set of questions to ask. When it comes to summarizing the gospel in 60 seconds or less, this is just the way that, that I do it. There's a great book out there called What is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert, and he advocates for four points, and it's God, man, Christ response. God, perfectly holy, um, created man to walk in holiness and follow him, but man rebelled against God. And then God provided a way to be restored through Christ who lived in perfect um, obedience and did not rebel. And so now we have an opportunity to respond. We're going to embrace that gospel, Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, or are we going to not embrace it? Mm-hmm. So God, man, Christ responds. That's a good and helpful way to summarize the gospel in 60 seconds or less. Hey guys, just wanted to break away from the riveting action to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible. The CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible is a visually immersive reading experience featuring over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations to provide a greater insight and understanding of the people, the places, and the things of Scripture. Uh, Book-specific introductions provide the setting and circumstances of writing for each book, and every image includes a descriptive caption to help the reader better understand what is pictured. Also included are over 275 full-length commentary articles, over 40 digging deeper call-outs, which are placed strategically throughout the Bible for further exploration. So if you are interested in picking one of these up, we have a copy. It is awesome. Highly recommend. Go over to csbholylandillustratedbible.com. Mm. Yeah, and so the next point builds off that as as a church is helps preserve the gospel, right? We also help to help have to help affirm um, gospel citizens. So 
as believers, baptized believers in the local church, we are, um, as it says, responsible for protecting the gospel and the gospel's ministry in your church by affirming and disaffirming gospel citizens. So this is uh, church membership and church discipline working itself out, and this is controversial um, in this moment in time. It's not, if you look at church history, but in this moment, people would take offense, could take offense to this. And what it's saying is, as a church, we need to be um, wise and vigilant about who we're saying is a part of the church. And then if they're behaving in a way that is not following scripture, then we need to be diligent and vigilant about saying, hey, like you're you're not living this out. Repent and turn from that. And if that doesn't happen, then the church needs to be the do church discipline and say we're not affirming you as a as a believer at this time. Not saying you're not a believer. We're saying we, we can't affirm that, and so we can't have you as a part of the official membership of the church because uh, we don't want the sin to spread. We don't want there to be division and to continue affirming someone whose lifestyle does not match uh, scripture. So that's yeah. a that's a heavy burden to bear. But that's something that we are you know we're all called to do as. Um, Believers, that's something that the church has to do. You know, we see yeah. in Paul addressing the church in Corinth about issues of sin and immorality and, and dealing with that, like you know, get rid of these people if they're following these lifestyles. Um, we see church discipline done in, in Matthew um, 18, right? And we yep. see that the church is given in Matthew 16 the authority to do these things. Um, so, and we know as believers, we're to, you know, to genuinely love and care for one another and, and uh, show each other brotherly love. I mean, this is all through the epistles and through the New Testament and the Old Testament. So all these things are to be done with great love and patience, but with great seriousness as well. Yeah, amen. Um, the the passage that you're talking about with First Corinthians, where it's where the guy is literally sleeping with his stepmom. And and Paul has to say, like, look, this this is not this is not behavior that is befitting mm-hmm. of, a, of a follower of Jesus. And so I'm encouraging you guys to no longer affirm him publicly as a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then we see in Second Corinthians, um, his, in Paul's second letter to them in chapter two, that Paul says, hey, look, guys, it looks like he's repented. He has turned mm-hmm. back. That is befitting of a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so therefore embrace him back in. And yeah. so we see church discipline working in that situation. Mm-hmm. But the primary way that... Even, whoops, just kick that trash can. Um, that us as church members, as a church, the primary way that we do that is through the ordinances of baptism, mm-hmm. the initial public, this turn the light switch on, this guy, this woman, they are followers of Jesus. We as a church want to publicly affirm that through baptism mm-hmm. and also through the Lord's Supper, where we say, hey, if you are a follower of Jesus, in good standing, you've been baptized, and um, you are claiming the blood, and you're claiming Jesus's broken body, and you're a part of that body. Then partake in mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper. Where, yeah. So yeah, I mean, those are the two primary ways, and and ultimately, church discipline. It's not like it's not like somebody takes the person out back and like beats some sense into them. It's <laughs> literally just saying, hey, we are we have um, formative discipline where we try to form healthy disciplines in our life, things like reading scripture, things like prayer and other spiritual disciplines. Um, and then there's corrective, like, hey, mm-hmm. brother, we love you. Sister, we love you. Um, we're, mm-hmm. we're asking you to, to repent here. And mm-hmm. um, until you do, 
we're not able to affirm you publicly, and so we ask that you do not partake in the Lord's Supper, because this is for those who are walking in good standing with the Lord. So, yeah, good stuff. Help affirm gospel citizens. That's number three. Number four is attend members' meetings. So, <clears throat> just talking about church discipline there, it's, it's at member meetings where um, those who are formal members of the church, if your church does formal mm. membership, um, which we <coughs> strongly recommend. Man, my throat is so scratchy. I can barely talk without, it's not COVID. So anyone listening, don't Right, worry. right, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> Heard that before. <laughs> for some reason, I can't taste my coffee. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> just yeah. kidding, just kidding. Um, but anyways, attend member meetings. This is where the church does um, the important work that Lehman, Jonathan Lehman points out here of making decisions concerning the gospel what? So what mm-hmm. is the gospel? What do we believe? And the gospel who? Who are the people that affirm that? Um, and because of the weightiness of that kind of work, it's very important that as a church member that you are there for it. So these mm-hmm. are, this is where those kind of church discipline things come up. Hey, it seems like John Doe um, is, there's evidence that he's living in unrepentant sin. And um, we're asking you to pray for him. Um, and if there's no change by such and such time, then we'll take the next step in that church discipline as laid out in Matthew 18 um, and 1 Corinthians 5. But that, I mean, that's one of the things that will take place here. If there's maybe a change, hey, we're going to tweak um our statement of faith in this area, we're just going to adjust the wording there to be more clear. Um, or, hey, this is our budget for this year. There's important gospel things that are going on with regard to the ministry, with regard mm-hmm. to the members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, just, it's just important stuff that, that you're yeah. there for as a member of that body. Yeah, and it can feel, um, you know, it can feel like, and I'm sure for a lot of people who have experienced church um meetings member meetings a they're super boring right that's yeah. the like okay it's just like you know, this person who's objecting about the thing they always object, object about they want more money in the budget for this thing or it becomes like this hostile like um dang like i've never been so discouraged about the church like i am when i'm at a church members <laughs> meeting you know because it becomes like this infighting this power struggle and people like are not humble and loving and direct they're just either really direct or they're really passive and it just creates all kinds of issues. So um, even like the realm of church members meetings done well is something that most people um, have not experienced, just to be honest. Like to be in a room with other brothers and sisters in Christ and to disagree maybe strongly about something and still to love and to honor and to speak charitably and to be kind and to be clear and to be direct and be forgiving, like that takes a lot of effort. Um, and so that's something you, you, you have to, to work at, but they are very important and it's a great opportunity to practice loving one another yeah. genuinely. Well, I mean, Lehman yeah. starts off that point by saying, how do you preserve the gospel and affirm gospel citizens as from his earlier points mm-hmm. by showing up consistently for members meetings. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the primary ways. So with that, number four being, you know, attend member meetings, number five might feel distant, and that is disciple other church members. Um, 
But as I was just sharing a minute ago, it's actually not that distant because every time we're able to interact with other brothers and sisters in Christ, formally and informally, we're beginning to to help them. Oh, use my alarm. Help them um, shape who they are, shape how they're to think and to love, how they're to be um, like Christ. So one of the responsibilities as believers is to disciple other church members, right? We're to be to make disciples. That's a great commission, Matthew twenty eight. Uh, we're to to go plant churches and see others follow Christ, Acts one eight. Um, and it's a job of the church to equip and to build up. We see in Ephesians four. Um, we are to you know, to grow together, to become more like Christ. One of the jobs in Ephesians 4.11 is the church leaders are to equip those for good works in ministry. Um, it's, an, it's a responsibility that we, we all share, not just the paid staff of the church or the, just the, the elder or just the pastor. Um, Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's a beautiful picture of the church building each other up as a body to fulfill the mission of the church that Christ has given the church. And we do that through pouring into other believers, helping to disciple um, other brothers and sisters in Christ. And one of the benefits as a church member is you, you kind of know like who's committed to this, who's committed to the one another's, who's committed to this body. And we kind of have a, um, an ability to then pursue discipleship relationships with those people. Yeah, we were we were talking a little bit about um, discipling relationships this past Sunday as a church, and there's a there's a quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer that I shared with our with our congregation, uh, and what Bonhoeffer says is Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Mm-hmm. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Discipleship is at the at the root, is at the very core of of what Christians are called to. And Christ was a discipler. Like that's what he he he, yeah. he he discipled. And so to say, I'm a Christ follower, but I don't disciple. Like I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like I mean, I mean, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, it was one of the last things that that he he said to his disciples. I mean, if somebody's last words are usually weighty words, and mm-hmm. Jesus, some Jesus' last words to disciples were, "Go and make more disciples." Mm-hmm. So, with that. One of the ways that that begins is by sharing the gospel with outsiders, and that's point number six. Mm-hmm. So, clarification: um, Rick and I would be on the page of you can't disciple a non-believer, mm-hmm. and um, still heartily agree with that. However, what we want to do is see a non-believer become a disciple, and so the first step in that is that we would share the gospel message with them that God has through Christ, the the second, the the last Adam, who obeyed God's commands perfectly, who from him didn't come just um, 12, so from Adam, um, from the seed of Adam, we see 12 tribes coming from from him, and these tribes are consistently disobedient. These 12 that were meant to obey God and uh, represent God to a pagan world were consistently disobedient. But then through the last Adam, we see 12 who are obedient for the most part. Ultimately, I mean, we see Judas Iscariot um, mm-hmm. he kind of messed up, but then, mm-hmm. um, we see, <clears throat> is it Matthias? Is that, the, is that the one who replaces Judas? Matthias. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but the the apostles, the twelve, they are faithful, even even to the point of some of them died brutal deaths, and they represent Christ to the world. And it's through the work of these twelve that was rooted in the work of the second, the last mm-hmm. Adam, that the gospel message has gone out. And we're even talking about it now, living in the West, because of the discipling nature of Jesus with the Twelve and what the Twelve did in evangelizing and sharing the faith. Second Corinthians 5.19 um, says, in Christ was recon- that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we are encouraging our co-workers, we are encouraging those that we develop relationships with, those that we run into, those that the Lord has given us the opportunity to, to speak to, we're encouraging them to be reconciled to God. So the yeah. sixth point, as a faithful church member, we are called to share this gospel, this good news with others. And I will be the first to say that this is an area that I could use some serious improvement in. There you go. You heard it here. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second, seventh point and the last point, um, and this is, is follow your leaders, right? And so, again, the, fir- the very first point is attend the church gathering regularly. Second is help preserve the gospel. Uh, the third is help affirm gospel citizens. The fourth, attend members' meetings. The fifth one is disciple other church members. And then, as Rob just shared, the sixth is share the gospel with outsiders, with unbelievers. The seventh one, follow your leaders. Um, this is always something that's a little bit awkward to, as a leader, as a pastor, as an elder, to like encourage people and tell people. Um because it, f- it feels like, hey, follow me. Like, I'm the leader. Get in line. Yep. You know, buck stops here. Listen up. Um, and it sh- I think it should feel that way because in one very real sense, I um, am just a sheep saved, you know. But um, Christ has also called me to be a shepherd. And so if I'm to do that well, I have to teach and preach and lead throughout the full count with the full counsel of God's word. Um, And as I was saying earlier, it is the responsibility of leaders to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the church, the body of Christ, until we attain, and this is Ephesians 4, 12, to attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, right? So that's verses 12 and 13 of Ephesians 4. And we're responsible for these things. Um, and as church leaders, uh, we are to be setting an example for others to follow. And this is a, a challenge, as you're just admitting, Rob, like we have shortcomings. I think one of the, the difficult things as an elder, as a pastor, is when people think, Man, they're, they're professional Christians. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like there's basketball players, like the guys who meet in the park, and then there's like NBA, like the professionals. Like we know <laughs> yeah. what professional means, right? Uh-huh. They're good enough to like get paid to do this. Um, and one, I would say like pastors should 
be leading their church in examples of holiness and of right living, but the standard that pastors, elders are to live is a standard for all Christians. Yeah, amen. Uh, it's not a different standard. That's important um, to note as well. Yeah, it's the same standard. We're, we're just supposed to model that yeah. um, and uh, help others to live that out, and that's a, a challenge, but that's what we're called to do. Um, and, and the other thing is that as believers, um, you know, it's our, as leaders, you know, we should have a desire to see others flourish, not to see others um, kind of put in their place or put down or squelch their dreams. Like it's our our desire to see people flourish and grow and mature and hopefully go plant other churches and see ministries happen and, and to kind of be equipping and releasing rather than like this strict, you know, judge or, um, you know, kind of principal who's supposed to just manage everything. And so, with the the last one, the last kind of job description, if you will, responsibility of follow your leaders, um, it's a double-edged sword. So leaders have to be leading like Christ, and uh, followers have to follow as Christ has called them to follow. So, um, and again, these are there's a lot more to be said for these seven job descriptions, and there's probably more that we could add to it, um, but you know. I think that it's important for us to remember, and this is how Lehman concludes this article, that there's, um, with authority brings, you know, responsibility. Um, and this is f- for elders, but it's for the gathered congregation. Um, and he says, the Bible gives final authority and therefore responsibility to the gathered congregation. With authority comes responsibility. By joining a church, you become responsible for what your church teaches and for every single member in that church for every single member's discipleship. Um, and and that, that's a weighty thing. Um, yeah. That is something I think a lot of people don't think about when they think about church membership. Like, man, everyone who is here who's a member, you are responsible for them. Yep. And that's why you need to be there regularly. That's why you need to understand the gospel and be able to articulate it and to defend it. That's why you need to be able to be careful and be wise about who you affirm as a part of the member or a part of the church and who's not. And that's why it's really important that you attend meetings, uh, your members meetings, and yeah. that y- you really strive to to make disciples and you strive to evangelize with outsiders and you strive to follow your leaders. Yeah, I want to, I know you were trying not to read just straight up and read his article. But at the same time, like I want to read these points because these are good. So he said, you're responsible to act. If Pastor Ed begins to teach a false gospel, you are responsible to help ensure member candidate Chris adequately understands the gospel. You are responsible for Sister Sue's discipleship to Christ and that she's being cared for and nurtured toward Christ-likeness. You are responsible to ensure member Max is in is excluded from the fellowship of the church if his life and profession no longer agree. Who trains mm-hmm. you for all this work? Your elders. Add your mm-hmm. responsibilities together with theirs, and you have Jesus's discipleship program. There really helpful stuff. And again, not to um, read too much of the article, but he, he then talks about how with each membership interview that he does, he um, they, he tries to add this like last paragraph to the end of it. So each prospective member is asked to uh, do an interview with an elder. And from there, they share their testimony. They explain the gospel. And at the conclusion, he says, this is what I like to say, something like this. He says, friend, by joining this church, 
you will become jointly responsible for whether or not this congregation continues to faithfully proclaim the gospel. That means you will become jointly responsible both for what this church teaches as well as whether or not its members' lives remain faithful. And one day, you will stand before God and give an account for how you use this authority. Will you sit back and stay anonymous, doing little more than passively showing up for 75 minutes on Sundays? Or will you jump in with the hard and rewarding work of studying the gospel, building relationships, and making disciples? We need more hands for the harvest, so we hope you'll join us in that work. Very strong way to end the article and also a strong mm-hmm. way to end the book. If you haven't gotten the book and haven't read it, Rick, you should I haven't. definitely check it out. I'm waiting on a out. friend to share with me. You know what? You got a friend in me. I will share that with you. The book is you, Understanding the Congregation's Authority. <laughs> For the sake of all of our listeners, I will not do that. <laughs> but I mean, you do have you, not quite enough to make an album, but you have a, a several recordings of your voice, singing voice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If Are people, you helping lead worship on Sunday at Simpsons? Uh, no. So... We have we have two guys who lead the music, and one of them just had a baby, mm. and the other is Wes. Yeah, no, it's not Wes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, <clears throat> the other is Wes, who did not have a baby. <laughs> he is out <laughs> on the thirty first, and so I'm sitting mm. there thinking to myself, like, okay, like it it might be me and somebody else up there just leading a cappella, and it's gonna sound. Hey, there you go. As good as it, as good as we can make it sound, but then thankfully by the grace of God, um, that guy who had a baby, Luke, said that he was going to be there on on the week that Wes is out. So very nice, super grateful. He's stepping into that role as a member, serving where the need is. He's a man. Way to so. go, Wes. Way to go. <laughs> but I mean, sorry, Luke. In <laughs> while Luke has been out the whole time, so tip of the cap to you, Wes, as well. <laughs> This is that time where you, this is the time where you have to go through and actually thank every single volunteer in your church because you mentioned the couple. Exactly, so go ahead and just exactly. say every single one who's oh, done anything. Man. But anyway, all right, all right, Rob. Well, hey, uh, hopefully, listeners, this has been a blessing to you. This article has been uh, refreshing for me. It has been refreshing as a leader, but also as a church member. Uh, what I'm responsible for sometimes we can kind of think about all the leadership things, but we forget some of the simple things we're responsible for. Um, so hopefully yep. it's been encouraging to you. And if you have yep. any questions, you can always email Rob at... Pivot! <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Got to bleep that out. Gracious. <laughs> Wait, were you, you came worried in, like uh, the, the Russians you, are going to email you or something? Yeah, exactly. like, gonna, like <laughs> You can check us out at civiltheology.org. So go there. You can find all our contact Yeah, you could there. do that too. Do that. So, you can okay. leave us a review. Oh, yeah, guys, for goodness sakes, please do leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this thing. Please leave a um, honest five star mm-hmm. review. And if you want to hook us up and buy us a coffee, you can do that on our website. Go to simpletheology.org and you'll see a little thing at the bottom right. Just click, I would love it. click that little icon. We would super appreciate that. That'd be awesome. All right. I love it. Someone bought me a coffee. Thanks, guys. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.